Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. There'll be uh, some managers in your league panicking, yep. you know, ready to sell Brees Hall for pennies Swoop on the in. dollar. Swoop there you in. go. Swoop in. Take advantage. Vulture in. The AFC. <laughs> I don't know. That was like a, a vulture. Know, it was like a vulture thing. It was kind terrifying. Of Where did Michael Keaton play? He's yeah. the vulture in, in Homecoming, the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. And it's it's Michael Keaton in the big bird outfit. So you look both like the vulture and a vulture. And, and Michael Keaton. The double and, and Hollywood uh, like, leading man, Michael Keaton. Cut to Michael Keaton. Like, ah, kids, I'm going to show you this movie of mine that's on Peacock. And, oh, what's this guy? <laughs> yeah. I don't look anything like that. <laughs> like, what's going on? I'm sorry, Michael Keaton. Apologies. I've always enjoyed your work. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jake Croucher, and Lawrence Jackson. It is mock draft day. We have that coming your way. But first, the Vulture Act. Michael That's Keaton. right. Michael Keaton drinks free. <laughs> Lawrence, you've seen Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, right? I've seen Batman. <laughs> that is, that is, any, any, listen, it's a classic. Come on, man. I, I, can't, I can't help you with that one, man. I've seen Batman. Homecoming. But it must have been good, thought. though. It must have been good if he's here drinking for free. Oh, no. Look at this. Oh, look at this. Look at this. <laughs> wow. This pretty terrifying. good impersonation. Wow. Yeah, like, so, right. Shocking the, the villain was known as Vulture. Adrian Toomes was the name of the <laughs> name of the character there, and like, you know what? Let's be honest. It's a great impression by me. Twenty. Look at me, master impressionist. You might get casted in the remake. Oh I, boy. I, maybe I should be doing. <laughs> I, here's what I need. I'm gonna call my agent. I'm gonna call Josh Levy. I'm gonna call my agent and say, like, listen. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to call Michael Keaton's agent and be like, look, I'll take the scraps, all the scripts that get submitted to Michael Keaton. The ones that he's just like, I'm not doing that crap. I will do that crap. Yes. <laughs> the villains no one's heard of. Yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Any of the, any of the you know, small character roles. You could the, have taken his role in Herbie Fully Loaded or yep. Minions. Yeah. <laughs> Toy Story 3. Spotlight, right. probably not. Spotlight, probably a bit kind of beyond your capabilities. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but you're right. Spotlight was a good movie. Yeah, but, exactly. Right. But like, Toy St I could have done a voice in why Toy don't you Story just, 3. Why don't you just be a stunt double? Beetlejuice. That, he not. was great in Beetlejuice. Yeah. He was great in Beetlejuice. Yeah, that, I couldn't yeah. have done that. No, no, no. Classic. But Herbie Reloaded feels <laughs> like I could that one I could have done. Yeah. I feel like that one I could have done. I mean, yeah. let's not for nothing. I am the highest grossing actor of all yeah. time worldwide. I mean, not for nothing, Michael Keaton. You're a brilliant actor. <laughs> Again, you drink free here at the happy yeah. hour. But just saying, if you add up our total box office in terms the amount of money I've made on again, and you have to do it on a per movie basis, <laughs> right? But again, if you average out how much all the movies that Michael Keaton has been in, you know, and then you average out all the amount of money that uh, I've in movies I've been in, no. Michael Keaton's in second. 
Michael I have Keaton a I have a higher per movie gross average than Michael Keaton. Need for Speed that he was in that didn't outdo the Avengers. No, it did not. No. Efficiency. Right. That. Thank efficiency. you. I'm very efficient, Lawrence. That's very the important point. in fantasy very football important. too. Very important. Efficiency. Not as much in movies. Did you watch the movie Homecoming? I didn't. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did not. And uh, I will eventually, though, but I didn't last night. Minus 1,000 to not watch yeah, Homecoming. Yeah. yeah. I spent time with my family or something. I didn't watch Spider-Man Homecoming, but it's on, it's it's something on, you it's on done. the docket. It's something you could have done with family. Yeah. It's something you could have done with family since you've got your kids running around in Spider-Man outfits. A bunch of fakers. fakers. The entire Croucher family is a bunch of yeah. phonies. Yeah. Honestly. Phonies. Like Ride or Die this year, it's on the short list. Yes. So. Yes. All right. Let's get into the mock draft because yeah. this was a beast. Uh, for context, all of us were in it, and a lot of our staff here. We had our producers in it. We had a lot of the guys from Roto World, obviously Roto Pat, Denny, who we talk is, about on the show is, all the time. Is Denny a colleague or staff? I'm just curious. <laughs> you just said a lot of staff here. Well, staff that works on the show and colleagues that we work with at Roto I just World. Started, I just nice balance. Is Denny one of the big people? Yeah. yeah. yeah Denny, Denny's one definitely one of the big people. Okay. We Photoshop. The biggest. Because yeah. if he's what he is, then what am I? <laughs> I actually don't know what I am. I'm I'll just you, a dude. Yeah, yeah it's kind of where we're at. Right I'm, now. I'm a dude who employed. No, you know you are. You know you're um you're Batman. You're Batman. At, sometimes at, it's, it's, at a table full of Spidermans. <laughs> 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 All right, so 12 team PPR roster format: one quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, one flex spot, six. Uh, on your bench, and here is where all four of us picked. I picked second overall, Lawrence picked third overall, Jay had the fifth overall pick, Barry picked at nine, capitalize maybe on that wraparound. And let's just jump right into round one here, fellas, yeah. because it was kind of a twist in the beginning here. This thing went wide receiver, wide receiver, and wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyree Kill off the board first. We did not have a running back go, as you see here, until the fourth overall pick. One of our producers, Pete, ends up taking Christian McCaffrey there, Barry. Right, and I'm I'm a little surprised that McCaffrey fell that far, but also you sort of get it. It's hard to argue with Jamar Chase. To me, the more interesting thing is that Lawrence, Tyree Kill, you know, that, that most people seem, most people take Cooper Cup there if they're not taking McCaffrey. So I'll let Lawrence talk about Hill, but... McCaffrey going at four. Look, I guess the concern there is why he may have dropped is the, the splits with when Elijah Mitchell has been healthy aren't as encouraging. It's not really his bell cow. And we've seen over the years that wide receivers have more, uh, I guess, floor than, you know, running backs who get injured more often. Lawrence, so go into it. You take Tyree Kill there. I guess a, a bit of a surprise, although definitely one of the elite wide receivers in round one. Yeah, yeah. So most drafts, I have the two or the three spots. So I got the three spot here. I want to leave all of my drafts with either Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle wouldn't have made it back to me in this particular draft. I won't be able to get him anywhere else. And if he puts up similar numbers to what he did last season, then this pick will be well worth it. But I would have had no problem with Christian McCaffrey because it's a mock. You know, I was like, all right, let Pete have him. But I would have been mad if he would have fell even further because then I would have felt guilty because I know I should have taken him. Well, really, you should have taken him. But, you know, uh, Pete got him at four, so that's solid. I'm just going to say this. Though I, though I think, Lawrence, you bring up a, a great point that I always talk about when drafts. When people will say to me, they'll say some version of that. Like, I'm picking three, and I really want Tyreek Hill. But, you know, I know you have Barry. I know you have him at eight or whatever it is. Is that too early? And I'm like, no, because the point is, is like, look, you truly believe in a big way yeah. that Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins overall is going to have a monster year. Hard to argue with that, right? I mean, Hill's actually pointed, come out and said he wants 2,000 yards this year. 
and he's not coming back to you. Right. If you want Tyree Kill on your team, Lawrence, like that's your only chance to get it. And the fact is, is that rankings are really just about kind of market value. And the minute the games are played, all rankings are yep. off the board. It doesn't matter. And so I'm a big believer in like, you know, I sort of follow my board, but ultimately it's about, hey, this is a game we play for fun. These are the players you want to root for. And if you have a stronger feeling about Tyreek Hill than you do some of the other options that were available to you, and he's not coming back to you. Yeah. Right. So if you want him, get him. I have no – it's not what I would have done there. Like, yeah. again, I would have gone McCaffrey at three if he was still available. Right. But I have no issue with the pick. I think people forget that Tyreek Hill last year finished as wide receiver two in a season where I think a lot of stuff went wrong for Tyreek Hill. He has to deal with all of the tour injuries and different quarterback situations. He's banged up the last month of the season. Before he got hurt, he was having as good a season as Justin Jefferson. So it's just a matter – he's just a little bit older than Jefferson and Chase, so you mm -hmm. wonder if – someone who's so dependent on their speed is going to slow down at some point, but he didn't show any signs last year. Let's pull up round one one more time. There's I want to show the back you know, There's also there's some off-the-field stuff that potentially could creep in as well. For sure. So the back half here, Barry, you take Diggs at nine, and then, of course, our producer Damian takes your ride or die right after that. Diggs over your ride or die. I was personally a little surprised by that. I, again, like, I, I'm so high on Amon Ross St. Brown, but – to take it, like, and yes, and yes, of course, Damien, my producer, this show is built with nothing but people that just try to screw me left and right. <laughs> in our, in our, so, I knew you there, had him, no. I knew there was no way that, that my ride or die was coming back to me. I just, I felt like I, I had no problem taking him over Lamb, but, like, it was shocking to me that, so, I mean, just the rest of the, the round, the way it goes, McCaffrey at four, Eckler at five, Kelsey at six, Cooper Cup at seven, Bijan went at eight, and then I'm sitting there with, my ride or die, I'm on Ross St. Brown, but also Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb is still on the table as well. I was really shocked about that. I just, I couldn't pass up Stefan Diggs. Again, I truly believe that I'm on Raw takes another level, but even my own ranks, where I'm, as far as I can tell, I'm the highest in the industry on I'm on Ross St. Brown, or at least certainly I was when I announced him as my ride or die, I still have Diggs ranked ahead of him. Yeah, I think Diggs yeah. has kind of become boring among the elite wide receivers just because he is very steady every year. It's 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. And that would be the best season of Amon Ra's yeah. uh, career to date. And he can go beyond that. But I think Diggs is just so high floor. Diggs, because he's with Josh Allen, I mean, you know, he gets targeted a lot in the end zone and he's actually gotten unlucky there. Like, Diggs has a Randy Moss-like season within his range of outcomes. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not even saying that's likely to happen. But given his skill set, the Bills offense, and his quarterback, by the way, yeah. and not a ton of established target competition beyond Stefan Diggs, like that's within the realm of possibility. Like a 15, 18 touchdown season is certainly within the realm of possibility. Like Diggs is one of those guys that could have just, you know, could is in the, there's a short list of people that could have double digit touchdowns in 2,000 yards. Um, and Stefan Diggs is one of those guys. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying it's likely to happen. I'm just saying it's not out of the question. All right, let's jump into round two here, Lawrence. I want to start with you because you said you want to walk out of your drafts with one of Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell ends up being taken at the fifth pick in the second round by Roto Pat. Uh, so do you think, obviously, some good value here for Waddell? He goes after Devontae Adams, but on that turnaround in the second round, I mean, he can be a guy that finishes still as a top five, top six wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. If I was picking at the seven or eight spot, I would have definitely been looking to get him. Uh, on the wraparound, uh, they're already saying like, yo, this dude could put himself in there as a top 10 receiver this year. I know a lot of people feel like the Dolphins offense and these receivers, they can't get any better. But when you think about it, 
there's really no established wide receiver three on this offense. I, we saw a lot of those guys who are vying for that spot play in the first preseason game. No one really stood out. So expect Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to have another large amount of the target share. We're going to see Waddle right here. I mean, we know what he could do, not only with the ball in his hands, but down the field, playing in a great offense. Yeah, the catch and run is crazy. Second year in the system, obviously, for both Waddle, Hill, and Tua. And the other thing that we didn't even talk about that you mentioned, uh, Jay, you know, kind of hinted at briefly, like, again, like these guys, in addition to being in their first year of the system last year, they were dealing with passes from Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson, yes. you know, with Tua in and out of the lineup throughout the year. So we really hope, obviously, that Tua stays healthy the entire year. But I think second year in a complicated system and, you know, a, a hopeful a quarterback health throughout, you know, bodes really well for Hill and Waddle. Yeah, sky's the limit for just everyone on Miami. I think back particularly to that Baltimore game that we saw clips of. It looked like they were playing a different sport where they, what, it was 35-14 and then just over. Where yeah. Hill and Waddle yeah. seem like they're breaking 60-yard uh, catch and runs just constantly. So, yeah, huge upside. Jay, how about maybe the most complicated pick so far in the draft? That's got to be Josh Jacobs. He went ninth overall in the second round. He goes at the 2.9 spot for Pete, uh, who obviously produces this show as well. Jacobs has not been in camp. We truly don't know what he's going to do. Logic often tells you these guys sit out camp, they come back because they're not getting fined because they haven't signed the franchise tender and then they end up playing the season. Led the league in rushing last year after kind of being an afterthought last summer. I mean, what do you do with Josh Jacobs in drafts right now? Yeah, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor are the two most fun we'll picks get there. at the moment. Yep. Uh, yeah, just yeah. total disasters, really. I mean, Josh Jacobs, we forget that he was the best running back in football last year. And from a fantasy perspective, he was RB3. He's obviously just a complete monster. And it's strange because we're in a similar situation, well, in another weird situation with Josh Jacobs this time last year where he plays in the Hall of Fame game and no one thinks that he's going to have a good year and then he wins the rushing title. So I think that where Pete took him is about right, where it blends just the risk that you're not going to see him with the, the massive upside that he's got to be a top five running back. But yeah, it's not a pick that you ever feel comfortable with. I was really hoping that Nick Chubb would fall, um, fall to me. He did not. Again, Damien, who knows I love Nick Chubb this year, screwing me. <laughs> back to left, back. Back to back, just totally, you know. So he, uh, he grabbed him the pick before me. I was hoping, had Chubb landed to me, that would have been my pick. The other interesting thing here, and we'll talk about my pick in a second, but the other thing that's interesting to me about this second round is that we had three quarterbacks go. So yeah, Jay took yeah. Mahomes, Connor, you took Josh Allen, and then Steven, one of our producers, took Jalen Hurts at the 212 spot. So normally we're seeing quarterbacks going in the third, fourth round. Um, this was early to me for uh, these quarterbacks as great as Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts are. So I sort of turned it over to you guys about the thoughts on Jay, starting with you, starting the quarterback run and starting it with Mahomes. Yeah, well, I was hoping that Pollard would fall one more spot, but Kyle pinched him from me. I just think, I just felt uneasy about Josh Jacobs, who was probably the next skill position guy off the board, and I thought that, you know, I took Austin Eckler first pick, Mahomes second pick. That's just such a high floor base to start from because you just know that those guys, if they're going to stay healthy, they're just going to produce. And then I think that gives you the ability to take more shots, ride more variants later in the draft. And yeah, you can't really go wrong with Patrick Mahomes, the number one player in fantasy by points last year. I had a similar process, Jay. I, I you know, really took floor. I took Jamar Chase with the second overall pick, and then I knew either at my second round or third round pick, which were very close, I was taking one of the top quarterbacks if one of the top receivers didn't fall, and they didn't. Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell, I really like Tony Pollard. He was gone. T. Higgins, Lawrence took him right there. So 
I feel so good walking out of the first two rounds with an elite wide receiver that could finish as wide receiver one and a quarterback that we know can finish as QB one, especially since I was really, really early in round three where I could stack another skill player either in that wide receiver or running back group. Yeah. Well, I got a question for you and our producer, Steven, and it's interesting too because like Matthew said, you don't usually see the quarterbacks go in the second round. Jay starts it off in the second round. Let's say he does it. Right. Let's say you it gets back to you without him picking a quarterback. Do you still go quarterback there or do you wait to the third round? I think I would have waited to the third round because I would know I'm getting one of Mahomes or Josh Allen. And I could have done that as well because I would have been happy walking away with Jalen Hurts. But, um, yeah, I probably would have waited then and, and see who would have ended up falling in that scenario. But. Once again, I just wanted one of those three. I know Barry has them stacked in a row. Literally, yeah. he is overall. He has a yeah, triple yeah, stack yeah. of quarterbacks. I feel great about all three of those guys for sure. Yeah, I just think the next guys off the board in skill positions, it's it's like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor, and then you're getting into, I think, the next tier of receiver and guys like Olave and Metcalf and Devonta Smith. I just didn't feel there was enough separation between those guys. There's one, one of the, the elite quarterbacks. I was, I will say the other thing that, and we'll talk about, um, but I was surprised that A.J. Brown went at 2 1 with the, you know with Blake oh, now Blake is a yeah, well, Blake, yeah, surprise Blake well Blake was going to take him Blake, one Blake is an Eagles fan I'm surprised he didn't take Goddard there um but yeah I mean so that that, that was the only thing that was surprising to me about uh about that is just when you look at some of the wide receivers that you know again Adams and and Waddle you could make an argument for either one of those like I have Adams ahead of AJ Brown like that, it was surprising to me that A.J. Brown went there. I really like A.J. Brown. He's sure. he's really, really good. But um, It's indefensible felt, if we were to side out. It, just, it, it felt a little high. <laughs> I mean, speaking of bias, I just love the volume of Garrett Wilson. Right, yeah. That's the difference for me. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson right now is better than Waddle or Brown, but the volume that he will get in a Jets offense that has good skilled talent, but he's the only one that really stands out yeah. while Brees Hall is also ramping back up. Right, Lawrence? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, man, it's like they still don't have a – I mean, you like to think it's Alan Lazard. But, it probably is being that he one of Aaron Rodgers' uh, homeboys, but Garrett Wilson, when it comes to target, targets, he's going to eat them up. So – yeah, I feel you on that one. And he's been getting uh, fed in camp as well by Aaron Rodgers already. All right, let's jump in. Oh, you want, you want to jump in? I was in just going to say Pollard going after Henry. I have them reversed. Um, but I, I think that's great value for Kyle at 2-7, getting Tony Pollard. Absolutely. Who, again, yeah, we all think yeah. a monster year is coming for him. Especially with Zeke officially no Zeke to New England. Dallas. All right, let's jump into round three then. Now it starts to get even more interesting. A lot of tough decisions to be made. This is where Jonathan Taylor comes off the board. Lawrence, that starts with you. You take Taylor with the third pick in the third round. Yes, it, you know it was time. This is a situation again where... Yeah, we don't know the situation with Jonathan Taylor. He want to get traded, still rehabbing, mad at the team. Team might be mad at him. Well, that Ursa at least, right? So I, I don't think he's getting back to me, not, not drafting with these guys. So I'm going to risk it for the biscuit right here. Because look, at the end of the day, contractually, he ain't really got, he ain't got a lot of options right now. You feel me? So it's like, I'm taking him here. This could be a big payoff for me. And it's my first running back, Jonathan Taylor. Definitely not mad at that. It feels like the upside, Jay, of taking Taylor in this round just outweighs any of the players taken. I went back to floor. Again, I took Alave. I really like his floor. Big floor guy. Uh, yeah, big, big floor, floor guy, guy in the first three <laughs> rounds here. 
Um, Jay, I know you ended up taking Travis Etienne, who you could argue is maybe more of a ceiling guy, although the volume should be good for him as well. Yeah, I think that Etienne, there are some downsides for him, where if Tank Bigsby is taking more third down runs and more goal line runs, more importantly, and Etienne doesn't get the passing usage that we want, then there is some downside, but he's still got a relatively high floor. But he's got immense upside. Doug Peterson's talking about Etienne as a guy who can get 1,600, 1,700 rushing yards this season. He was one of the most explosive running backs. He obviously got the pedigree. And I think that team in that division is a minus 160 favorite to win the division. They're going to have a lot of positive game scripts. And I think that Etienne, he'll just break more big runs this year. That wasn't uh, as present last year as we would have wanted, I think. So I think Etienne, he has a chance to be a top five running back. Barry, my question for you. You take Ramondre Stevenson with yep. the ninth pick in the third round. Jameer Gibbs goes to Rotopath's team right before you. Would that uh, have been a tough decision for would you? Would have been a very tough decision for me. I, I, you know, I, love, I love Gibbs. And honestly, I will tell you that, um, you know, I have, in terms of wanting to do a running back, because I started with wide receiver, wide receiver, and we're going to talk about my whole team later on. All of us will go through it. But I'll just talk about Gibbs here for a second. I think Gibbs could be very special. Like, not, we know Montgomery's going to take a bunch of goal line work and get a, a, bunch of, a bunch of touches here. But if you believe in the Lions' offenses here and that offensive line and knowing how excited they are about Jameer Gibbs, mm -hmm. who could have a DeAndre Swift – if he stayed healthy like season again. Yeah. I mean, Swift has gotten over 70 targets each of the last two years, and he's missed significant time. If Gibbs stays healthy, uh, which we expect, well, there's no reason why we don't think he would. Like, yeah, Gibbs would have been my guy right there. I certainly prefer Gibbs. I was surprised that Ridley went at 3-7, honestly. That's a little rich for me. He's, got, I, he's going higher and higher and I drops know. every single week. Everyone loves him, and I just – Guys have played football in a couple of years, and there's a lot of mouths to feed. That's and I get, the, I get it. Yeah. Like I just, I may want, and it's not like I hate Ridley, but I'm just, I'm not willing to take him at cost. Which is like, he's going ahead of like Debo Sam in, in our draft. He goes ahead of Debo Samuel, ahead of DJ Moore, ahead of uh, Amari Cooper, ahead of Keenan Allen, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Like there's a lot of guys there where you're just like, I, I don't know. That's I would have taken. That's higher than higher than I would have taken him. Yep. Connor, on Gibbs, uh, in terms of his upside for this year, in terms of guys who have come out of the draft with this level of pass-catching talent, like how many, is it just McCaffrey in recent vintage who's ahead of him? I think he could be Camara for the Lions. Peak Camara, right? Not what has been left of Camara with injuries and other problems recently. But when Camara was at his best, that's exactly yeah. how they are going to use Jameer Gibbs, mm -hmm. where you just get the ball in his hands in the pass game, and he's an explosive play threat that you can constantly rely on. So. When you hear that kind of comparison in fantasy, yeah, yeah round three for a, a rookie running back that's not B. John Robinson might seem early. I don't think it is at all. His, his upside is easily a top five finish out of the running back category as a rookie. Yep. So, all right, let's get into round four then. Lawrence, I want to start with you here because I know you've been pretty steady that you think Lamar Jackson can be the top quarterback in fantasy this year. I mean, this man's won an MVP. He's paid. We believe he's healthy now in an offense that will open things up and allow him to throw some more. He comes off the board finally at the 4.6 spot. Yeah, man, and, and like I say, if you really believe in a player like that, you take him around ahead of where he's going, which is what our producer, Adam Wise, did. Me, I slept on the fact that anyone could actually do that, but I was really, I really love the, uh, the Aaron Jones pick here. I like yours too with Najee Harris, but as far as Lamar Jackson goes, yeah, man, uh, with the offense that we all know about, Todd Munkin coming in, he's going in the fifth round. If you really want that quarterback, then you probably have to get him uh, around uh, earlier than what you would think when you drafting with a, a sharp group. 
Very if if, yeah. if we draft it with a sharp boy. I, I have to tell you, Kyle at four seven taking Drake London is interesting to me. Like I mean, Lawrence, you're as big a Falcon homer as as I know, <laughs> and. We don't question the talent. Right. We just question the opportunity, right? I mean, I right. think they're going to be a run-first team, and there's suddenly between Pitts and Bijan Robinson, like the argument for Drake London last year was like they got no one else, so just can throw <laughs> yeah. it to him, and right, and just but who's going to throw it to him? Right, and then yeah, yeah. and now I quarterback that is questionable on a run-heavy team with other mouths to feed. This when when you sit there and you look at you know Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams, there's some other guys out there that it, this surprised me. With uh, with Drake London there, even with given, you know, I'd, I'd rather had an Aaron Jones or some of these other guys that went. Yeah, after and, that, him. and that's exactly what I did. Like uh, Kyle must love him a lot. Um, but yeah, fourth round for me, I couldn't do it. Yeah, Atlanta Falcons my team, but when we in these drafts and we trying right. to win, like my team is me. Exactly. You know what Your I'm team, saying? Right. So uh, no, nah, that I'm I'm happy with getting uh, Aaron Jones here, but with. If, if someone does take a guy like – because Drake London could probably go two rounds uh, after that uh, in some drafts. So, you know, uh, you know he, he must really believe in him. Shout out to him. The other thing I'll say about this round is Joe Mixon went at 4-1. I was surprised he dropped that far. I really – I took Ramondre Stevenson the draft the round before, um, and I, it was between Mixon and Stevenson for me. I went back and forth. We just sort of talked about Stevenson – and the Zeke move that day on the on the draft, and I thought, you know what? Like, I went back and forth a long time. I have a lot of mixins, so I probably just again just sort of me as a drafter. You know, I just I didn't you know make the distinction. Oh, this is a mock, and you know, or real. Like I always just if I'm in a mock draft, I try to do it as if it's a real draft. And so right. I probably would have done the same move because I have a lot of mixin in earlier drafts because I I bought the dip on him. I never. I thought he was going to have the role that he does, and so I went Ramondre there. But I went back and forth, and I actually have Mixon ranked ahead of Stevenson in my overalls. I was surprised that he fell all the way to the fourth round. Can I just say quickly on Drake London? His The argument for Drake London is his four games with Desmond Ritter, six for 120, five for 47, seven for 96, seven for 70 minimum. Uh, he, the fewest targets he got in any of those games was eight. So maybe there is something there with Ritter. Yeah, because they didn't really add to that passing offense unless you're factoring Bijan Rob Robinson's, you know, touches in that fa uh, category right. that much. Right. So. You have to. Yeah. I mean, but you do. That's, that's yeah. fair. But you have to believe. Maybe you don't have to. I believe Pitts will be more involved in the passing offense than he was last year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. We'll get just to him in round seventeen. I don't mind Drake London. I just I just question where he was drafted. I guess is my point your point but anyway I was surprised that Mixon fell to the fourth round again he is going to be a bell cow running back for a very good offense feels like Drake London's gonna have some three for 23 games in there yeah yep. have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. Life is a highway. 
And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Moving over to round five here. And, and Jay, you took a player that I'm particularly very interested in. I did let him go by because I just thought the value of Kittle was too high. But you get Damian Pierce, who, once again, we often say how important volume is on this show. The Texans quietly when healthy have a good offensive line and maybe having a rookie under center will hurt their run game at times but Pierce is a guy that should get a lot of volume this year and it probably paid off for you that you kind of you know passed on going running back in the first two rounds yeah well I think with Damian Pierce we forget that last year I mean for so many guys we worry about them getting the volume talk about JK Dobbins not getting more than 17 carries in a game last year Pierce got 20 plus five different times he was an absolute monster as well in terms of broken tackle rate. I think back to that Philadelphia game where he just absolutely ruined them. And he did have some weirdness last year where he was put in cotton wool at the end a bit. First game of the season, it's the Rex Burkhead show. I think there's a ton of value on Pierce. I think as a runner, he might be one of the five best in the NFL. And I think that'll surface on a team that should be in more advantageous scoring positions than they were last season. Barry, you finally go quarterback here. You decided to play the waiting game. I know you've been pretty high on Herbert going into this year. New offensive coordinator comes over from Dallas and Kellen Moore. Uh, obviously, a lot of positives for Justin Herbert all around him going into this year. In his first three uh, NFL seasons, he's got the most passing yards and the second most passing touchdowns by any quarterback in the NFL. You mentioned Kellen Moore. Cowboys were top six in points in three of the four seasons under Kellen Moore. No less than Jay Croucher begged me to make Justin Herbert <laughs> my fantasy ride or die. I thought it was a little too obvious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Herbert's going to have a monster year, and he was the last of the quote-unquote elite guys. Like, I think there's a – I think it's the big three of Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. I think you've got uh, – then you've got Lamar Jackson. I think you've got Herbert. Fields is borderline there, but I think those Burrow. five – and Burrow, sorry, Burrow – those six are like all of them could finish as the number one quarterback in fantasy. It's within the range of outcomes. And so Herbert was sort of the last of those guys because Burrow's already gone at this point. So Herbert, other than maybe Fields, I guess, and he went a couple of picks later, I thought Herbert had the best chance of the remaining quarterbacks to be number one quarterback in fantasy or be within that range. So, yeah, I went with Herbert here. You know, I've been, I've been questioning some of, of Kyle's picks for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, Let's go again. No, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to praise one of Kyle's picks. Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Um, He's on there too. Yeah, no, but Kyle uh, grabbed Mike Williams at the five, six spot, and I absolutely love the pick. Again, like you saw me draft Herbert a few picks later. I'm high on the Chargers offense this year. Mike Williams is playing some slot in the, in, uh, in practice and some of the camp. Like if he gets... If he gets some slot, I mean, you could see a scenario where they're moving Keenan outside a little bit. Like, I don't know. I think Mike Williams uh, could have a very, very big year. I, I, You know, for years it was Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think this is the first year that we look back and go, oh, it's Mike Williams over Keenan Allen every single week. Yeah, and I think people are maybe overrating a little bit how much Quentin Johnson might cut into that. I think it's still going to be the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams show that. Lawrence, a lot of variants in this round, whether it's Christian Watson, obviously he'll be playing with Jordan Love this year. Jerry Judy, will the Broncos offense come to life under Sean Payton? And then, of course, Kyle Pitts goes uh, to Adams' team at the seventh pick in this draft. Look at those three offenses for those three guys. Who would you have the most faith in? 
Well, I took Jerry Judy here. Again, this is another time, you know, I thought Pitts could make it back to me. I would have took him in the sixth round, but uh, Adam gets him here. He takes Kyle Pitts. Now, even still, this is last year he was going at the 3-4 turn. So at least there's, like, some type of discount for, you know, for what we think could be, like, the, the most upside. Jay mentioned earlier about the targets that Drake London's getting, but – Remember, Kyle Pitts missed six, seven games to end the season last year. So, with and he never he never actually played with Desmond Ritter. So, having Kyle Pitts back with Drake London and uh, having the fact that Bijan's there, Pitts will be more involved. So, I, I like Pitts this year. One last note about round five here. After I took Justin Herbert, three things happened. Damian cursed me for sniping him. He had the next pick, so it was good. It was good to get him back finally. But also, Denny at 5'11 takes Fields, and Blake at 5'12 takes Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So we're through five rounds, and eight quarterbacks at this point are off the board. Feels like that's kind of a trend this year, that quarterbacks go earlier than they normally do, that you generally want one of those elite guys. I would say this, though, and it sort of depends on where you are on Deshaun Watson, but if I didn't get one of those guys, if I'm sitting here at the end of round five and I don't have one of those top eight guys, I'm now waiting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, depends on how you feel about Watson because Watson can be in that mix. I have yeah. him at QB9. But Definitely. generally speaking, I think it's just interesting that through five rounds, we've seen eight. It is a one-quarterback league. Yep. Eight quarterbacks off the board. That moves us to round six where no quarterbacks were taken in this round. But we did have a lot of players that – you know, could have a new home or could have more upside going into year two. And I'll start with Damian's pick of Darren Waller, the third pick in this draft. I mean, the reports out of Giants camp yeah. have just been that Darren Waller is in for a massive season in Brian Dable's offense. I, I was after I after I sniped uh, Damian with uh, Herbert, he sniped me back <laughs> with Waller. I really wanted Waller right there, really hoping he would fall. I agree with you. I think he has a monster year. I'm a tight end four. I think he's going to have a big resurgent year, and I think Brian Dable is exactly the right coach to get the most out of Waller and Daniel Jones. Strong argument to be made that Darren Waller, similar to Kelsey, similar to Mark Andrews, is one of the few tight ends in fantasy football that could lead his team in targets. Like when you think about the other – I mean, the player that led the team in targets for the Giants last year was Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, Again, and they've improved that room a little bit, right? I mean, they've certainly added a lot of names there, but – the best pass catcher that Daniel Jones is going to have this year, assuming health of all of them, is Darren Waller. Yep. And I'm a little scarred from camp reports after Allen Robinson last year was talked about as the second coming of Randy Moss first year on the Patriots. But I do think with Waller, you don't need the camp reports just to understand the talent and the opportunity. And that. there's such, yeah. just such a mismatch of Giants receivers and pass catchers that Waller is the only guy there who has really a ton of pedigree and I think just clear pathway to playing time and targets. Jay, you had the eighth pick in this round. You take wide receiver Michael Pittman, and you were, you know, kind of an interesting decision here. Three guys that all you can point quarterback questions for Pittman, obviously playing with the rookie, Marquise Brown. We know how things are in Arizona right now when Kyler Murray will be back if he's back early this season at all. And then George Pickens was on the board too as he grows with uh, the youngster and Kenny Pickett. So what led you to Pittman in this scenario? I just think Pittman, I mean, he's not the most exciting pick. Uh, but just last year, he was in as bad a quarterback situation as you can possibly imagine. And he was still 99 receptions, 141 targets, almost 1,000 yards, only the four touchdowns. You'd like to see that go up. But I think Pittman's situation this year will be better. I think Gardner Minshew is better than the options they had. And Anthony Richardson has 
has a ton of upside as well. And Pittman, he's just clearly the guy there. Not super worried about Alec Pierce or, or anyone else. I think he will get a ton of targets. I'll talk about the pick that went right after Jay, uh, where producer Pete took Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown at, at the 6-9 spot. And again, I get the quarterback questions. We don't know when Kyler's coming back. Colt McCoy, kind of a noodle arm, whatever. But Again, we talk about this. Fantasy success comes from literally two things, talent and opportunity. We think Hollywood Brown is a talented player. This is a first-round pick in the NFL. He's produced at a high level in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And opportunity is going to be massive. Like, his competition is, like, rookie Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, the human Dorch, Zach Ertz, James Conner out of the backfield. Like, with DeAndre Hopkins, if you look at – and it's it's all different, obviously, because they, they have a new offensive coordinator this year uh, – Brown did not play a game. I don't believe he played a game without DeAndre Hopkins with Colt McCoy under center. But if you look at the numbers in terms of when Hollywood Brown was out there on the field in games in which Hopkins missed, he was getting like massive target share. He was getting an almost 30% target share. And so I just, I think talent and because he's so fast and they can scheme different ways, bubble screens, quick slants, reverses, they can scheme different ways to get the ball in his hands. I think this is a real value here in the sixth round. Can I just say on Pittman and Brown, I think the really rich man's version of this is Devontae Adams of super talented guys in suspect situations. Last year, the number one fantasy player from the skill positions on a per game basis was Cooper Cup, who had no offensive line, no talent around him, Matthew Stafford not having a good year, and he still put up insane production just because of the talent and because of the opportunity. I like the uh, the two wide receiver picks before Marquise Brown and Michael Pittman in his draft. Tyler, Lock Tyler Lockett yeah. and Mike Evans. Lockett is always a value. He's always going a couple of rounds after DK Metcalf, but will continue to put up similar numbers there. Then you got Mike Evans. Look, the quarterback situation is the main reason he's here. He is Mr. 1,000 yards. He's never had an NFL season in his career without that. So the, the round six is warranted. But at the end of the day, like Matthew just said, talent and opportunity. Some of them footballs might go to the other team sometime, but most of the time it's going to be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Let's jump into round seven then, and Lawrence, we'll go right back to you here because this felt like the round of everybody trying to figure out opportunity in backfields, and you definitely went down that road by taking the newly signed New York Jet Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah, Dalvin Cook, man. Uh, you know, he was there parading around. They practiced shaking hands, drinking out the water cooler. I like him here in the seventh round and what we think is going to be a committee and what should be the best running back tandem in football. I also like getting uh, Isaiah Pacheco right here in the seventh round as he's 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 their top running back on this offense with Patrick Mahomes. Like we saw him progress during the second half of the season all the way throughout the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. So I think you get a, a nice little RB2 situation right there with him. I honestly just this entire round seven and running backs like I think all these guys are usable and really interesting just I'm going to list off all the running backs who were drafted in round seven in order Isaiah Pacheco Miles Sanders Dalvin Cook Javante Williams David Montgomery James Cook Brian Robinson and DeAndre Swift you could see all of these guys having fantasy success all of them are you know whether they're injury prone or whatever but none of them are quote-unquote full-time players but all of them are going to have significant roles on decent offenses that are going to be viable flex plays or better in some cases like i mean you know again sanders is probably going to get a, a heavy workload dalvin cook will get a heavy workload at least in the early 
parts of the season. Dave might, Jameer Gibbs might only touch the ball 12 times a game. Now, those might be explosive, and we love Gibbs, but, like, Dave Montgomery is inheriting a role that got 18 rushing touchdowns last year. Brian Robinson, we expect a better year from the entire commander's offense. James Cook, absolutely love. We're going to talk about him later in the show. Like, you know, I'm not the biggest Miles Sanders fan in the world, but he's going to get a lot of run there in Carolina. DeAndre Swift behind that Eagles offensive line. We've talked about that backfield. Anyway, I just, the value of running back here in round seven, I think is really interesting to me. Like they're all guys that like to me, usually in the round sevens, you're kind of like, oh, uh, this guy. And like all, like, like, there's some guys in this list that I like more than others, but for the most part, all these are guys like, okay, for a round seven value, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. And on that, and one of the, the guys that I took is Javante Williams. And I think the biggest news out of training camp outside of like the Jonathan Taylor stuff and the injury stuff is that Javante Williams is playing in a preseason game this weekend. Like we didn't yeah. think that he yeah. might, yeah. we thought yeah. he might miss the first month of the season. He's playing in the preseason. Like he's going to be good to go in week one. And I don't think we're going to see him getting 20 carries in week two or whatever, but he's got huge upside uh, in the back end of the year, I think. And shout out to Blake for staying on brand and closing out this round by taking Philadelphia Eagle, DeAndre Swift. All yeah. right, moving on to our final round we'll go through here before we take a break and look at the big picture of just teams. Round eight right here, and Barry, Damian essentially takes your advice, and without a quarterback at this point, he gets Deshaun Watson at the third pick in the eighth round. Right, and that's that's about right. You know, he's, he's the last guy that has elite upside other than maybe Anthony Richardson. Like, we know what we know what Kirk Cousins is at this point. You know, like, solid as you start getting past uh, Watson. So Watson was the last guy that has had a top-five fantasy season under his belt and could potentially return there as well. So I thought that was a smart pick uh, by Damian. And this is where you start getting into some of the rookies and some of the younger players, a little bit more flyer territory. You know, Pat taking Traylon Burks, Adam taking Gabe Davis. I love the idea of Davis here um, in the middle of the eighth round. Pete taking Quinton Johnson. Lawrence, you taking Zay Flowers. I really love that. Um, Steven taking OBJ as well. So both Ravens guys go here. Blake staying in the NFC East. When he's not taking Eagles, he's taking NFC East players. He took Jahan Dotson. He has Barkley earlier. Yeah, I think that's the only division he watches. Lawrence, you, you uh, have proven in this draft you're willing to take a risk if it's worth it. If Kamara made it to you in the 10th pick of this round. Camaro went to Kyle's team in the 7th pick of this yeah, round. Yeah. Would you have taken him over, say, Flowers? I, I, was, I was definitely looking at that, especially with – because, look, I have Taylor, Aaron Jones, two other running backs. So, if Alvin Kamara is my running back five, yeah, go on on my bench for them first three weeks. Right. You come back, we ready to go. But I had no problem uh, taking uh, Zay Flowers here at all. Yeah, and I think I'm going to end up with Michael Thomas in almost every draw. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I really like Michael Jay, Thomas. stay very true to yourself. But, uh, Michael Thomas here. I just, I just, you know what? I have this weird thing about I like players who play. Yeah, I That's me. It's a, it's, like a, it's a weird thing. That's not a big thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't like play the idea of I don't play any of these weird Australian leagues where you get points for being yeah. on the bench <laughs> or IR points. I know you do, and in which case I understand yeah. that. All these Spider-Man homecoming legs. The yeah. thing, oh, only thing I'll say, Michael Thomas. Last time he was fully healthy, he was the best skill position player in football. Yes. He's three, months, he's three months younger right, than yeah. Devontae Adams. <laughs> he's younger than Devontae Adams. He's not done yet. He's probably done, but he might not be. It's just, it's been three years since that's happened. Yeah, it's three years. It's fun. It's not nothing. Yeah, it's hey, only no, we, we, not, we not doing nine rounds, but I took Anthony Richardson in the ninth there round. Let's go, baby. And with that, we'll go to break. When we're back, we're looking at our full rosters from our Mock Draft 1.0. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? 
Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus chews. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Get the Roto World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use promo code BARRY20 for 20% off at checkout. You can also use promo code J10 or Connor5. More and more people using them every single day. I Where love it when people. Code? Yeah, well, we should I get. I need a code. Yeah, Lawrence. 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 1% Lawrence. off. Well, no, I need to be one, the one, D-A-1. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. wow, Lawrence and Acola coming up with a little gag. The one. Yeah. Put me up. All right, as you see here, we break this down Barry's full team. roster. Yep. I mean, you, I guess you can call it a team. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, wow. I went zero RB. I didn't intend to, but again, I'm a big believer in late, let the draft come to you. So Diggs fell to me at nine, and then I came back around, and I was planning on taking running back. But then Devontae Adams, who I have at wide receiver seven, um, like overall, was sitting there. And so, you know, Adams, who had a 32% target share, 14 receiving touchdowns last year, second most end zone targets in the NFL, playing for the same coach. Yes, downgrade a quarterback, but whatever. They're still going to be bad. They're still going to be throwing to Devonta Adams. So Diggs and Adams right there. My other, also the other thing to note is this is a three wide receiver league. So there's more, there's less depth at the running back position and more depth at the wide receivers. So my three run, wide receivers: Stephon Diggs, Devonta Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I also have, you know, boring Jacoby Myers, who's just. You know, kind of. It's PPR league. PP, it's a PPR league, and apparently go Raiders for me. Um, you know, Nico Collins, who I like a lot, is kind of a sleeper. I think he's going to get more volume than you think. KJ Osborne, we've talked about him a lot for all the Jordan Addison love. The fact of the matter is, is KJ Osborne last year's the third wide receiver got over 90 targets, and Michael Gallup, because you know he's Michael Gallup. Why not? He's the last pick. Two but, seasons of over 100 targets, Michael Gallup. Yeah, there's I mean, some upside and, there. Yeah, coming off the ACL. Year further so the, the strength of my team, obviously, is is wide receiver at running back. I have Ramondre Stevenson and James Conner. Again, James Conner, 16, uh, I'm sorry, 18 fantasy points in five of his last seven games. He's played at least 90% of the snaps in five of the last seven games. Back-to-back seasons, averaging over 15 fantasy points per game. I'm as a top 20 running back. He is going to get volume. It's a bad team, I get it, but it's a three-down back. He's a good pass catcher. So I think Ramondre and James Conner, for a, guy, for a team that in essence blew off running back, is uh, is pretty good. Samaj P. Ryan, James Cook, both of whom I like quite a bit. James Cook especially was key for me. I think he's going to lead that Bills team in uh, touches. 
uh, and be kind of the lead running back, one of the best offenses in football. So those are some guys as well as we round out the team. Tight end is fine. I got, you know, I have Fryer Muth. I have Dalton Schultz as a backup tight end. So, you know, kind of two borderline tight end ones there. But I like the team, especially led by Justin Herbert. Didn't stack anyone, but I like this team. I'll play this league out. I'll play this league out with this team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Play it out. The the winner gets 5,000. No entry fee though. The five thousand is of your money. You just wow. get so if you win, <laughs> good league if, if, if you right, you like that, right? Yeah. You like that. Yeah. You win that. Three to one vote. If you uh, win, you got to pay none. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a price here. You get pride. I feel like this is a bad deal for me. I'm not sure exactly where. <laughs> I should point. I should really Great try to deal. pinpoint where. So okay, so I get to pay five thousand dollars to play in a mock draft. Got Whoever it. wins, just win the league. Just win the league and I get yeah. to keep my money. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Or I could just keep my money. That's um, an option, that, too. That's it's an something option to think about. Too. Something to think <laughs> just about. Just sleep here. on this one. Maybe, no maybe, answer now. Maybe Applebee's will put up the 5K. We love our friends yeah, at Applebee's. $5,000 worth of uh, riblets. Of riblets. Good. How about that? <laughs> yeah. That wow. would be really eating good in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. All, right. All right. Let's take a look at Lawrence's team. And as Lawrence said, we uh, yeah. stopped after eight rounds on the last mm-hmm. segment, but he did get Anthony Richardson in the ninth round. Barry, you said before he was named the starter that he could be a top 12 quarterback. Yep. And Lawrence, I like your balance of risk um, and floor in this draft as well. Risk being Jonathan Taylor, you know, a couple of picks into the third round is something that can win you the league if he gets back or goes to a team that he's happy with. Yeah, that's definitely that Jonathan Taylor pick in it because we all know you don't win or lose a fantasy league in the first round. It's the it's picks like this Jonathan Taylor one. Now you can see I definitely punted on the tight end, so I got to the later rounds. I took Cole Komet, who had a career high seven touchdowns last season. Justin Fields was really dependent upon him, especially in the red area. Then I'm taking the flyer on Sam Laporta, who should who, who should be. Uh, very involved, especially in the first six weeks in this passing game without Jameson Williams. Again, another team that doesn't have a, 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 a true second receiver there. You got Khalif Raymond, you got Marvin Jones there. So San Laporta got a chance to make some impact there early. And I, I like the uh, balance of my team as far as receivers to running backs goes. That's why I wanted to uh, play this league with $5,000 of Matthew Berry's money. So. Listen. I don't know if I would win this league, but I just know I'd be better than Lawrence's team. Like I just Are you know sure I, about I, I, that? Yeah. You sure about I'm, that? I'm real sure about you that. You ever see that meme? You sure about that? I, mean, I don't I am, know, Matthew. Yeah, I, mean, I got like, Cam Akers. I, Who's <laughs> taking touches from him? This is a, yeah, my listen, fifth, sixth Whenever you can stack defense. Indianapolis Colts, you got to do it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Richardson and Tyler. I mean, go. I got the so sixth best now, quarterback in Alec fantasy. In a league in which you play three wide receivers, and it's, I believe it's full PPR, too. Yes, sir. Right? That's correct. You've got Hill, Higgins, Judy is your three. That's fun. Zay Flowers is your four. Donovan Peoples-Jones is your five. Not a lot of wide receiver depth there. I like Hill and Higgins. I'm okay on Judy. I think people are sleeping on Sutton. I think people are hyping up Judy a little bit too much. And then Zay Flowers, we just don't know. I mean, you know, with Zay Flowers and Donovan Peoples-Jones, like, I think you have no wide receiver depth. I don't yeah. mind Zay Flowers as a as a flyer, but like he could be fourth on the on the Ravens in terms That's of true. passing options That's right true. after Beckham, Bateman, and Andrews. 
That's why I got Tyree Hill getting 2,000 yards. He got to okay. make up for all that. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, you It's know. my last pick. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's, he's got, he's got. That, my man had. He might, have, he might have more names than fantasy <laughs> points. <laughs> my man had 800 touchdowns. receiving yards. for sure. His, you telling me his 800 yards ain't good in the hood no more? <laughs> Let's I'm just say like when he's, he's your fifth wide receiver. When he's your fifth wide receiver in a league that starts three wide receivers. What about I got Jeff Wilson? He walking out. He's just starting. I like I like, you know, I like thousand Jeff Wilson. scrimmage yards. You know, Divine A Chain is a nice little pick too, I but know, not but early. Not early. Yeah, that's true. Let's that's take a look at Jay's team here. He obviously led uh, his draft off with Austin Eckler, and then went Patrick Mahomes in the second round, and then back to running back with ETN in the third round. So Jay waiting on wide receiver, something that it felt like nobody else in this league did. Yeah. It's not a great team, is it? No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. I just gonna need Mahomes and Eckler to uh, do some heavy lifting here. I went with the Sam Hinkie strategy here of not really caring about positions, just taking best available. And if you end up with Joel Embiid, Jaleel Okafor, Nolan's Noel, so be it. Uh, <laughs> really just took the best, exactly best player available. The wide receiver position is obviously a question yes. mark here with Pittman. Uh, I really need either Thomas or Sky Moore to pop. Realistically, if we were going to turn this into a league, I'd be trading Damian Pierce for a wide receiver, I think, because there's not a lot of depth there. But loaded at quarterback, running back, and tight end, and uh, need some of the but, receivers. There. You know, but, uh, but I think you bring up a great point here, Jay, which is, right, your wide receivers are trash, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but well, hang on. No, no, I acknowledge that. I mean, your starting wide receivers are, are, are Pittman, Thomas, Sky Moore. Thomas for two weeks. Yeah, Michael yeah. Thomas for two weeks. Then Adam Thielen Listen. and Darnell Mooney round out the squad. I but Darnell Mooney. I, I don't mind Darnell Mooney, where, especially where you got him in the, the whatever, 13th round, 12th, mm. late in the 12th round. And Thielen, too, I don't mind either, yeah. right? But, you know, um, what I would say, though, is that I think when you're in a draft and the pl picks aren't falling your way, better to just sort of, to your point, like if we were playing this out, I mean, so your running backs, Eckler, Etienne, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, Kenneth Gainwell, who we've talked about, right. like you might be able to live with Gainwell as your flex. Yep. And so, right, if Javante Williams is, in fact, healthy, You've got an Eckler, ETN, Pierce, and Javante Williams. You potentially have four top 20 running backs. You're only going to be able to play three of them. So I'm a big believer in take what the board gets you. All draft day is is a, is a baseline, right? It's just, a, it's just the foundation, and then you can start you know, moving on. So I'd rather draft a good player than reach for another wide receiver just because you feel like you're at the end of the run. Exactly right, Matthew. All right, we'll, clo we'll, close, <laughs> we'll close this out with my team. I took Jamar Chase with the second overall pick. I've heard of him. Josh Allen in the second round and then went back to wide receiver here. Jamar Chase is a very smart investor, by the way. Just FYI. <laughs> I, I've heard. That. I've actually read about some yeah. of his recent investments. If you don't know what I'm very, talking about, just give it a quick investor. search. Uh, Chris Olave, who, Barry, I line with you that he's going to have a monster year with Derek Carr. I really think so. And then the upside pick for me is George Pickens at the end of the sixth round. I think Pickens is going to be Kenny Pickett's go-to guy. He can win the jump ball. He can win down the field. It's never been about talent with George Pickens going all the way back to Georgia. He's always had that. He's healthy. He's locked in and ready to roll with the Steelers. A lot of young players on here, you know, uh, which, you know, not to, not surprising given uh, your background. Uh, Charbonnet, Jamison Williams, who's basically a, basically a rookie, both of whom I like. I like Alec Pierce as your last round pick as well. I think he's kind of interesting this year. Um, but yeah, Jamar Chase and Josh Allen, 
That's a great connection. Also a smart investor, Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Jamar Chase are really smart investors. <laughs> That's how I draft my team. Smart. Good. Yeah, anybody that makes good, good investments. Good to see you get Aaron Rodgers there on the 13th round as well. The oh, minus 5,000. That way, you might be around the facility and say, hey, I drafted you on my yeah, fantasy 100%. team. 100%. Yeah. I might even my start you this draft. week. You're right. Over Josh Allen? Probably not. No, don't tell me you have Josh Allen. Yeah. Just say, hey, I have you on my <laughs> fantasy <laughs> team. Yeah. All right, with that, we'll take one more break. When we're back, it's last call. If you win the contest and you come, and it's a great contest, by the way, right? You get flown out here, they pick you up in a nice hotel, you come, you hang out with all of us, you don't have to talk to Jay if you don't want to. <laughs> by the way, you could also, I think you also get to host Sims Unbuttoned. Don't literally let anyone do that. And See? That, that's Barry on Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Anybody could host it, according to Matthew Barry. Not Pretty me. much. I literally won a contest. That's how I'm here. By the way, yeah, I, I, I won this contest last year, and now look at me. I've got my own show. So, <laughs> anyway. <never> left. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of that contest, here's your chance to win a VIP trip for two to watch a live taping of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Go behind the scenes, meet the crew, and get a front row seat to all that. We're still putting those in, by the way. To all the fantasy insights and debates to help you win your league live from the NBC Sports Studio. Enter now at NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. You'll get to come. You'll get to meet us. You'll be a guest bartender on the show. I'll play you in um, uh, Blitz. Or if you'd like to actually win the game, you can play one of these other guys. Uh, we'll let you do that as well. Lawrence will take you to dinner. <laughs> you get to spend the night and uh, babysit Ooh. Jay's kids. There's a lot going on. <laughs> Honestly, absolutely. There's a lot of work. Me and Jay talked about this, right? And we talked about applying ourselves. Yep. What's the chance you think one of us could win this thing? I think a very good chance. <laughs> I don't right. know how much promotion we're doing for the contest. <laughs> there might only be, you guys might be the only ones entering. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, anyway, NBCSports.com slash Barry Sweeps. We would love to meet you and your guest. I was unbuttoned. It was great. It was fun. It was fun. Great I might have been late. Uh, no <laughs> way! Shocker. No, Shocker. I hit a little traffic, oh. but I was I was good. We um, we talked about we, we talked. About, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have kids. I gotta. I know you just you just hand your three kids off to your wife and you just like you figure it out. But like I gotta drive them to gymnastics. I got I got one girl in camp. I got another one in gymnastics camp. So yeah, a thousand percent. I also live thousands of miles away. Wow! Like I live here. in, I live All in three right. different zip codes away. It's all right. So like you're going to pin it on gymnastics and I-95. How about the man that, in the mirror and the alarm clock? Him, I don't know. You don't We're back to tomorrow. Home, you can't stay here. It's closing time for Jay Lawrence and Connor and Matthew. Peace out. Into the contest. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.